Hello and welcome to this episode of the Spice Den Podcast. My name is Jacob, and this week we're talking about the Season 2 finale of The Mandalorian. But before that, we always have our Star Wars news section, and there's a few items I want to touch on for this week. You've probably heard about this by now, but the original actor for Boba Fett, Jeremy Bullock, died this past week. This, of course, is very sad, and we just wanted to pass our condolences along to his family and all those who were affected by this loss. In more light-hearted news, we got the first High Republic story this past week. On the 16th, the Star Wars Insider for the month came out. It had a short story by Charles Soule about the High Republic, and I uh, haven't had a chance to read it, but I have it loaded up on my tablet now. Hopefully going to be getting to that this week. The Mandalorian Gallery Season 2 is starting on Christmas Day, and I will definitely be talking about this season as well. I had a lot of fun watching the last season. And I uh, will be talking about that as well as Myths and Fables next week, just because I want to have full time. I've been pushing this off for like a month now, but I just want to have, you know, the full episode to discuss the finale, as I'm sure that's what everyone wants to hear right now. Lastly, I'm going to be in a last minute guest appearance on the Galaxy of Bureaus podcast. Uh, so it, the live show will already have happened by the time you're hearing this, uh, but you can check out the VOD on their Twitch channel. Uh, I believe they also post the bot on YouTube, and then the podcast, audio podcast form of this will come out on Wednesday, so it'll be the 23rd, so look forward to that. We're going to be talking about the Galaxy Heroes game, some beers from Evil Twin Brewing in Brooklyn, as well as the fine. Uh, again, I'll be talking about the, the finale for Mando there with them, so it's been a lot of fun. I've been on there twice now, I believe, uh, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy that as well, but with all that out of the way, I think that's everything I need to talk about so far, and we will jump into the Chapter 16 discussion, The Rescue. From a very quick non-spoiler standpoint, I found this episode to be quite enjoyable. I don't know if it had everything I wanted out of the finale, but I felt that they were going to be hard-pressed to achieve that mark just with how much they had set themselves up to cover in such a short amount of time in one episode. I like. I thought that they probably could have used 90 minutes for an episode, honestly, to get everything. But you know, they they chose to leave a few uh, hanging plot threads. And the 45 minutes we did get, I felt like was enough to cover what they decided to go over. So it is what it is. I I did enjoy the episode. Was it perfect? No. Uh, but I think it was a pretty satisfying conclusion to the season. And uh, they definitely left me wanting more, hoping to uh, get that season three coming sooner rather than later. That's about all I'm going to hit on from the non-spoiler standpoint. I think it's good. You know, if you're here, you've probably watched it already anyways. So we're jumping into spoilers now. A very quick plot recap. Uh, Mando teams up with everyone from the last episode, you know, minus Mayfeld. And uh, also adds Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves to their group. They raid Moff Gideon's ship, manage to rescue Baby Yoda. Uh, Mando takes the Darksaber on accident and now... Luke Skywalker freaking shows up and takes Baby Yoda to train him. So that's the very brief overview. Kind of trying to break down a little bit more. So we open up with a kidnapping of Dr. Pershing, which was a really cool scene there. I thought the pilot reminded me of the uh, the officer from like the first, or the, what, the second episode, I think? No, third episode of the season on the Gorzanti. You know, with that very like Nazi Hydra it esque mentality i got a lot of that from this guy as well uh i thought he was a great character he confirms what we know that pershing is a clone engineer and he's very valuable to the empire and the new republic 
Uh, so I thought that was a cool addition there. Yeah, I thought that that pilot uh, was a was very well acted, uh, very cool character, just going pretty hard really quickly and taunting Cara Dune over the destruction of Alderaan and everything. It was it's a cool moment. We we then head to an industrial planet to meet up with our next group members trying to recruit Bo-Katan and Koska. Uh, it was really cool when we were landing, There, you saw, you know, uh, Bo-Katan's gauntlet starfighter outside, but also if you pause it and look closely, behind it is one of the uh, Imperial patrol gunships, the the ones from Rebels you see on Lothal a lot, so I thought that was kind of cool. I I only caught it on my second uh, watch through, I just paused it at the right moment and managed to look and catch that there. There's an interesting interaction when we get inside, uh, you know, we, we were... <laughs> We were told Bo, Boba Fett is a Mandalorian in the uh, the episode on Tython, just with his chain code and everything, but Bo-Katan also is not having him as a Mandalorian, taunts him for his, you know, his clone genes and his clone background, says he's a disgrace to his armor. It's a very interesting back and forth between, you know, someone who desires to rule this planet and someone who you know, is has that background, uh, but isn't, you know, is is the son of a, or the clone of a, uh, foundling. So it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic there. Boba and Koska have a little fight to the state, to a stalemate, and they all decide to come together for, uh, Grogu and try and save him. Uh, Bo-Katan will help, uh, them do that, but she wants the ship to help retake Mandalore, and she can also get the Darksaber from Gideon, which is her most important goal. And she urges Mando to join their fight, taking on uh, the independence of Mandalore when he's done with his quest. I do believe that's a bit of a of a um, hint at what we're going to see next season. I imagine at least part of the season will be dedicated to Man. Like we have to at least visit Mandalore, the planet. Uh, we're gonna you know have to have a resolution for the dark saber. We're gonna have to you know see. There's so much that is going to have to happen uh, in regards to Mandalore. I don't expect it to probably be the entire season uh, plot line, but I would expect at least maybe like three episodes uh, dedicated to uh, Mandalore. They make their plan to take the ship. Pershing informs them that they have third generation dark troopers on board, uh, and their plan is to try and intercept them before they power up uh, and lock them in their room. The main group, consisting of Bo-Katan, Koska, Cardoon, and Fennec Shand, will be heading to the bridge to take that and take down Moff Gideon, while Mando slips in through the chaos and goes to rescue Grogu and shut down the Dark Troopers. They jump to hyperspace, with Boba Fett following them in Slave 1, and their goal is to try and get docked on the ship in their Lambda shuttle they stole, and then uh, breach it from there. They call to the bridge asking for an emergency docking, and the ship scrambles some TIE fighters to assist them, uh, but they push through, ignoring the bridge's commands, and scrape in the hangar tube in the front of the ship to jam it up. It's interesting, I pointed out that the TIE fighter pilots during the Navarro episode this season have like silver accents on their, their helmets, and this TIE fighters in this episode have the same one. So I'm not sure if this is related to the XISB types that are involved with Moff Gideon or what, because this is, yeah, the same exact helmet design uh, with those silver vertical stripes uh, that we saw on the Navarro research base. Boba Fett manages to take out both TIE fighters and then jumps to hyperspace, leaving the rest of the group to do its part of the mission. 
The main group kills everyone in the hangar and they make their way towards the bridge when Gideon gives the call to activate the Dark Troopers. Mando then comes out of the chaos and starts heading towards that room. And I get uh, some very strong, like, original trilogy vibes when he's sneaking around in the hallways. You know, we get shots of him, like, pulled back behind corners as stormtroopers are walking by in the background. Uh, I got some very good classic Star Wars feels from that. He makes it to the Dark Trooper room at the very last second, trying to close the doors. But one Dark Trooper gets out and they have a big fight as, uh, you know, pretty much just manhandles him, but he manages to take him out with a combination of his whistling birds and his Beskar spear, and then vents the rest of them outside. The main group ends up taking the bridge, but Gideon is nowhere to be found, and Mando finds him in the brig with Grogu. They have a bit of a standoff as he holds the Darksaber over Grogu, and uh, Gideon pretty much tells him that he's been uh, a step ahead of them the whole time, knows their entire plan. Uh, but he'll let him take Grogu since he already has his blood. That's all he wanted him for, to uh, use his powers to try and restore order to the galaxy. But of course, as Mando goes to grab him, they uh, fight. Uh, he attacks him while his guard's down, uh, but Mando ends up besting him with his spear, and they cuff him and head to the bridge. Bo-Katan watches in, in uh, disappointment as Mando escorts Gideon on the bridge, so we learn that uh, Mando just won the Darksaber through combat, and now if Bo-Katan wants it, she has to defeat him through combat. He can't yield or anything. The The power of the Darksaber comes through the story of the Darksaber and who uh, has earned it. It's, it's very Elder Wand-esque in, like, similar to Harry Potter. It's interesting that this didn't ha- wasn't the case beforehand. Like, there was definitely a, a bit of, like, that that element to it, uh, I feel like, during the Clone Wars and Rebels, but it, it wasn't super strict like that. Uh, I mean, we even saw in Rebels Bo-Katan just, like, straight being gifted the Darksaber by Sabine and using that to unite, a, like, a large group of Mandalorians. So that seemed like it was, it was okay, but I, you know... My thought, and I've seen a bunch of other people echo the sentiment that uh, she, you know, she took it without earning it the first time, and since Mandalore fell, she blames herself for that and feels like she has to do it the right way this time. So we'll see how that gets resolved next season. You know, they've definitely been playing her as being like a slightly unhinged, like bordering on radical, which, you know, she has that past with Death Watch, so it makes sense. So we'll see if she ends up like turning on Mando next season and trying to kill him for the Darksaber. Will Mando himself be called to a higher purpose to rule Mandalore? Uh, will Boba Fett try and be Mando? Like, there's a lot of different ways this could go, so I'm interested to see how it plays out. But before they can really hash out what's going to happen next, uh, Dark Troopers have come back from being vented into space, and uh, they're going to uh, try and retake the bridge and kill everyone aboard. The Dark Troopers come in, start punching, trying to punch into the bridge through the blast doors, but we see a lone X-Wing fly into the hangar, and uh, Grogu, uh, most of all, looks intrigued. Now, if you've seen the episode, you know what's happening now, but just this was such a wild thing to watch that morning, you know, Friday morning when it came out. You know, my, my thought process, we see the cloak figure make their way through the ship via security cams, and it's like my whole thought process is like, okay, it's a Jedi. They're in an X-Wing. Does Ahsoka have an X-Wing? Oh, wait, well, it's only one lightsaber blade, so it's definitely not Ahsoka. And then we see uh, in real life rather than through the camera. It's like, oh, it's a green lightsaber. Okay, okay. And then, oh, oh, he has a gl- one gloved hand. And then you get the close-up, like, oh, that is 
definitely Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Just like the realization of like, yes, that is who I thought it was. was It was so cool to watch. Gideon ends up taking a blaster from the ground and shooting at Bo-Katan, but of course it's Beskar, so it doesn't really do anything. And uh, then tries to fire at Grogu, but Mando dives in the way of the shots. And then tries to shoot himself, but Cara Dune stops him from that as well. Meanwhile, Luke is just cutting through all the Darksabers. And he makes his way to the elevator that would take him up to the bridge. Uh, and Grogu puts his hand on the security monitor. Kind of similar to how he was when uh, the, the eggs were in the container from episode 2. Luke emerges from the elevator and manages to clear out the final hallway, and they open up the doors to the bridge for him. And we get a CG Luke. Uh, it's interesting to see the development, the evolution of CG in Star Wars for these CG human characters. Uh, we, you know, we had it in Rogue One with Leia and Tarkin, and it was okay for the most part. It definitely wasn't like super, like it, it wasn't perfect. Like you could tell they were they were fake. And then in The Rise of Skywalker, you had the CG Leia and Luke uh, in the, the flashback sequence, which was still, you know, can you tell it was fake? Yes, but it, it still looked good. Like, I was still, like, pretty impressed with it, and they, they were smart. They, they It wasn't a long scene. It was in darkness, so the lighting isn't going to betray them uh, with, like, the uncanny valley nature uh, of, of the situation. Uh, but this one was yeah, a fully lit scene. I don't think it, it definitely wasn't perfect. Like it was pretty convincing as long as he was standing still. But like there was a few points where he nodded or he like turns his head and says something that I'm like yeah, it doesn't look perfect. And you know it's interesting if we see him again, will they CG him? Will they cast an actor to try and do a young Luke? I I I don't know. I don't think we're gonna see him much if at all in the rest of the Mandalorian. I feel like we might get a a scene. Um, later down the road where him and Grogu come back just for like a short cameo to check in but I don't think we're gonna see much from him so I guess it doesn't matter that much that we don't really need to cast an actor when uh, a little CG and hood pulled over his head will will make do but anyways Grogu uh, ends up going off with Luke beforehand he has a sweet goodbye moment with Mando as he lifts his helmet and I just want to point out that apparently Mando had time to shave between uh the last episode and this one so i think probably at most like two or three days have passed so don't know when he found time to shave on slave one but apparently that happened but yeah Gr they say goodbye grogu walks over meets r2 who i had felt like had more meaningful screen time in this one episode of the mandalorian than most of the sequel movies not not a not i'm not a sequel hater but like we got a lot of c3po especially in the rise of skywalker and R2 is basically non-existent for that entire trilogy. Uh, but Luke picks up Grogu. He says, may the force be with you. And they head on their way. And that was it. That was it. Or so I thought. I was watching the, the episode in the morning. And I was like, we left the credits rolling. My girlfriend went upstairs to go, the, the, go get changed so we could take uh, our dog outside. And I was like, looked over. I'm like, wait, hold on. That's uh, The credits aren't over. We see... Uh, the twin sons burning over Tatooine and pan over to Jabba's palace. And then we see Bib Fortuna, Jabba's old major domo, who's uh, sitting fat on Jabba's throne. And suddenly shots ring out from upstairs in a very reminiscent uh, scene from Return of the Jedi. And Finnick Shand comes in, basically just destroys his entire court. Uh, Boba comes down, shoots 
bid with the blaster and pushes him to the floor and takes his seat at Jabba's throne uh, with Finnick sitting down next to him and we get the the title card, The Book of Boba Fett, December 2021. So there, <laughs> you know, Disney didn't reveal enough Star Wars projects at the Investor Day last week. They decided to give us another one with The Book of Boba Fett right here. So I'm very interested to see where this is going to go. It seems like it's a separate series from Mando Season 3. Will it be a movie? Will it be like a mini-series? I don't know. I'm interested, is it him? going to be him just kind of like going about and getting revenge across the galaxy for the people that have wronged him? Will it be him trying to rule crime on Tatooine? Is it like, yeah, is he like taking the seat as a leader on Tatooine or is he taking the seat just to, you know, show off that he killed Bib Fortuna and like got rid of the rest of Jabba's crew? Uh, it's it's a little tough to know. Uh, the very interesting thing, I don't think this is going to happen, but I think it'd be really cool. Uh, going back to Cobb Vance's story, we know his story was like slightly altered with uh, this uh, Mandalorian Season 2, but part of his book story in Aftermath was he realized there was going to be a power vacuum on Tatooine with Jabba gone, so he found a baby hut and was trying to raise it to be basically a decent person who could fill that vacuum in time and prevent crime from ruling Tatooine again. So if Boa Fett is on the, the throne there and maybe potentially trying to rule Tatooine that way or rule the crime syndicate on Tatooine, then maybe we could uh, get some Boa Fett-Cobanth conflict as you know each of them are trying to push to have some influence on Tatooine as a whole. So I think that would be cool. I don't think we've seen the end of Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth. Uh, I thought he was going to be back for this episode just with how they left him at the end of uh, Chapter 9. Uh, but I, there's another possibility for him to come back in this series. Just hitting on some other like kind of final thoughts from the episode. I'm, I'm Now that you know we got the confirmation that these are Phase 3 Dark Troopers that we fought, uh, and that at one point they were human, or at least some component human, and just kind of looking back on it, I'm wondering if Gideon is wearing like the old chest plate from the original Dark Troopers because it's like a, a bl- he has like a black Stormtrooper esque chest plate. It's definitely not like a Death Trooper, I don't think. So I'm wondering if that is a, an explanation. Maybe he'd worked with the project for a while and had a old like yeah Phase One, Phase Zero Dark Trooper chest plate. Uh, another thing I saw a lot of people talking about how like oh look now Ben Solo is gonna kill Grogu. Uh, but it, I I don't think that's gonna happen. Main, well, you know, from a story standpoint, I, I they've gone to this point where Ben is you know a misunderstood, troubled man kind of uh, angle to it. Like in the Rise of Kylo Ren comics, it doesn't really appear that he it's it's left slightly vague, but it very much seems to me that he's not the one that destroys the academy. It's like a flash of lightning just comes down and just bl- basically blows up the the main building. And um, it doesn't seem like he did it, or if he did, if he did do it, it definitely wasn't on purpose. I, I, it seems like it's the influence of Palpatine, if I had to guess. But my my assumption with uh, what's going to happen with Grogu, uh, he he might be training with Luke for a while, but I think he's basically going to get Ezra, in that he will be sent off somewhere for pretty much the entire tri- like sequel trilogy timeline, just like pretty much yeah, just like hey look. We think you're a great character, but if you exist in the galaxy normally during this course of a trilogy, you're going to mess with, like, some story implications, so we need to get rid of you. So we'll, like, just chuck you to the end of the galaxy, and you can come back after the trilogy's over, just like Ezra, uh, and uh, you go from there. So I think he'll be, like, yeah, thrown out somewhere. 
uh, far away. He will miss the entire sequel trilogy. And then eventually when we do get post Rise of Skywalker content, that's not the Lego holiday special. I think Grogu has a chance to come back that way and maybe interact with Rey and Finn as they start a potential third Jedi order. Another thing I, you know, I definitely have to talk about Luke's characterization here. I think it seemed, you know, it's hard to tell. You know, some people were like, well, Luke wouldn't fight like that. It's droids. Like, I don't care that he's like being like physical with droids. I don't think that's anti-Jedi. I, I think I think it makes sense for him and like how he's learned about the Force and the art of being a Jedi until this point. Uh, like his fighting style didn't like shock me or anything. I think that was fine. Um, and we just didn't get much dialogue from him. It, it, I think it fit Luke Skywalker for the most part. I think still my favorite, like, post-Return of the Jedi pre-sequel era Luke is in the Battlefront 2 campaign, actually. I think they handled him very well there. Um, it's still still good here, but I think Battlefront 2 is, like, pinnacle, like peak post-Return of the Jedi Luke for me. The only other real story we have with him in this time period is Heir to the Jedi, which I haven't read, but I've heard not great things about. So, there, there really isn't much Luke stories in this time frame like in like aftermath or bloodlines they'll be like oh luke's off doing jedi stuff and then like he just like that's it like he doesn't show up they just kind of reference that he's gone uh this this season i think was good overall but definitely left us with some questions like what is pershing's like goal like what project is he working on with baby yoda's blood and like the clones on navarro like what is is that going to snoke is that going for some other project and, you know, in relation to that, what is Gideon's ultimate goal out of all of this? He's still alive. You know, I don't think we've seen the end of him as a antagonist. I don't think he's just going to, like, be turned over to the New Republic and everything's going to be fine. I think he's definitely going to have some sort of influence on the conflict of next season, especially with us potentially returning to Mandalore and him being one of the ones that sacked the planet uh, during the Siege of Mandalore. I think, yeah, I think there's a lot more story to be told there. So we'll see what happens. I'm very excited for next season. And for the book of Boba Fett. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all I got for this week. If you like this, you can definitely check me and the Galaxy Bureau guys out as we talk about this in their podcast. But otherwise, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to check me out more, you can follow me at Twitter and Instagram at SpicedInPod. Check out the SpicedIn.com or our YouTube channel where I've been doing a lot more higher public content as of late. So with that said, thanks for listening and may the force be with you. 